Also, when we get these little clues, it's time to move on in just little ways to listen to them and trust them. Welcome back to Finding Your Spark Again After a Loss. We'll talk today about how to know when to reinvent yourself with my guest, Nancy Candia. Nancy Candia is a life coach and yoga therapy who helps women make peace with their past, find self-acceptance, and step wholeheartedly into their purpose. Nancy, who specializes in adapting yoga therapy for trauma, addiction, and chronic pain, has led trainings and retreats in Greece, Uganda, the Dominican Republic, Jamaica, upcountry Hawaii, Detroit, and Newark, and created 2017's Social Justice Summit on the Navajo Nation in Arizona. She's brought her personal trainings to the Boulder Women's Shelter and to seven-figure households. Check out her freebies and course that will help women disrupt depression and anxiety and feel more connected with their life's path at nancycandia.com. We have, of course, put the link on the platform on which you are listening or watching today's podcast. Nancy, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you, Donna Lynn, for inviting me. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. I think reinvention is really the, uh, you know, that's the piece that's after you've gone through a loss. And I think it's uh, not a negotiable piece, even when we reinvent ourselves to be the same way that we used to be, (laughs) that we're doing it, right? Because loss is, you know, it's uh, you've gone through this sort of separation and trauma and you you know you are a different person so going ahead and taking that opportunity to move forward is really important but i will say with with um grief sometimes there's a there's a period where we don't want to move forward it doesn't feel quite right yet and there's some nursing that needs to happen maybe in our spirit and i wonder uh, i'm i'm really glad that we're going to get to talk about exactly when to to do that reinvention how to know like how do i know when i'm ready and and that is such a good question and what i usually counsel people to do is to engage in mindfulness practices and physical practices and take care of their bodies in that process of um, being able to really follow their intuition. And I think, you know, you and I have talked about this in, in the past where we don't want to just listen to what other people said, or, you know, it sh- it's a year, I should feel better. It's a m- few months, I should feel better. But to really like take that time to get um, closer and um, more receptive to our own mental and physical cues that it's time to move on. And so there isn't like one formula, but we can help the situation by taking care of ourselves. I love that. I love that you're talking about this. You know, one of the things that happened for me when my husband passed was that uh, I couldn't cook. I I could barely go open the refrigerator. <laughs> um, and, um, 
you know, there were just, I had associated so much meaning with different things in the kitchen. And he and I had spent a lot of time and energy together in a kitchen. And there were, uh, there was a, his exit involved a lot about food and, you know, all these kinds of things. Right. And so I had sort of given meaning to all of the things in the kitchen And uh, one of the ways that I knew I was kind of going to be okay, right? Mm Because you're walking through it and you feel terrible and you feel good and you feel, you know, you go, you're all over the map and you're like, no, I'm okay. And then the next thing you know, you're, you know, crying in the bathroom and you're like, oh, what just happened? And then you're moving back into the living room and talking to people, you know, you're all over the map. And one of the ways that I knew, uh, oh, okay, it's it's a new time here, was just when I went into the kitchen and I thought to myself, oh, I, I could probably make something, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And I think that, you know, to, you just, you just did it in the way, you know, and then to listen to that. Also, when we get these little clues, it's time to move on in just little ways to listen to them and trust them. And that just kind of fits into intuition in general, is that when you listen to the little cues, then you start, you know, you're, you, you actually build up like probably the neuro um, wiring to listen to deeper and deeper and deeper senses mm-hmm. of intuition. Mm-hmm. And so to really know that that moment where you listen to yourself, you didn't, you weren't stuck in the past. You listened to yourself was a piece of healing. Mm. You know, that our healing is going to come in little pieces during these transitions, our healing, you know, along with our desire to feel a sense of liveliness again. And I think that's Mm. one of the ways that we know Um, that it's time to reinvent ourselves is we get little cues and we listen to them and then they'll turn into little bigger, little bigger cues. Mm, I love that you're uh, making, for me, it's making a distinction between um, what you're building and those wild hair ideas. So uh, I don't, I don't, I think a lot of people probably go through this, but certainly uh, in those uh, first month or two uh, after my husband passed, my house sold four days after he died. I know. So it was like uh, this giant portal, you know, it was just giant. It was like, you just had to, you know, keep going and, you know, all of those things. But um, also it meant that there was so much openness for me. There was so much like, oh, my life can be anything because i am standing in the unknown at this moment it was a very different from how you would go through a a small loss or even you know mm-hmm. because i lost it i lost everything right i had i had given up my work to help him to heal then he died and the house sold and you know i was like okay everything's gone what do i do so there was this moment and i and i was often thinking to myself oh i'm going to be this person or i'm going to be that person but they, it wasn't grounded in reality in the way that you're talking about yeah and i think that's a really uh mindful kind of right i mean that's that's yes. what that is is kind of when yeah. you bring it into reality 
Yeah, that exact word you used, grounded. You know, what practices do we do to ground? And again, um, you know, what I found, especially, you know, being a yoga therapist is it's the physical practices, Mm. you know, whether it's, you know, walking, um, you know, working out, even breathing practices, noticing your breath. There's a lot of different breathing practices. They all bring us back into our body, which like if you look at the chakra system is the first chakra energy is being in our body. And to and that helps get us back into balance. Um, so like, you know, I was trying to talk to people about using physical practices beyond trying to sculpt our body or anything like that. They're really how they affect our nervous system and our hormone system. You know, we're, we're physical beings to get into this body in some way. And that will um, ground us to, to make those next decisions. And like you are basically untethered. Like, you yeah. know, and yeah. so how, you know, you are probably reeling yourself yeah. down and in often. Yeah. And I don't have kids. So yeah. it wasn't like, there wasn't even like, oh, well, my kids live in the area. Or, you know, there was kind of that exactly right. That untethered feeling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about um, how those practices that you've been talking about, uh, whether it's yoga or breathing practices, practices that bring you into your body, that bring you into the groundedness of a human physical body, right? Are um, how do how do those help you? Like it sounds to me like we start those before we're ready to actually reinvent ourselves, right? Yeah. So so these kind of grounding practices that I'm talking about work and and it can be any exercise and walking in the woods and and breathing exercises if you can't like physically exercise just noticing your breath they work because when we work on our body it um it helps with our nervous system okay which is how we're thinking and with um, our hormone system so our stress levels are all can be affected by physical movement and even breathing practices. We're just talking about getting physical, even if that meant counting our fingers, you know, and feeling that. So there's, you know, practices we use with people that, you know, even in palliative care um, to get them into their bodies because of the way it affects our brain. I love that you just did this because this is one of the tools that I use with people uh, very often to, Uh to do exactly that, to do the grounding and to bring you back into the moment and connected to breathing, right? So counting and breathing um, so that you can really become present because I think uh, what you were talking about earlier was really that being present and then noticing how you yeah. feel about moving on is a, is a yes. big piece of that knowing when. It is. Right? Because those indicators are there. They're like, oh, I want to cook again. That was me. But if yours could be something else, right? right. Like, yeah. I want to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I remember when my dad passed, it was the day I realized I didn't think about him and feel sad. 
Like mm. I skipped a day mm. and I was like, it felt different. That, you know, we do want to notice that present moment work and that getting into the present moment like is easy. Like I always say, you know, as a yoga therapist, the skills I teach are easy. It's preparing them. It's getting people so they'll buy into those practices. Mm. That is the work I do. I'm a salesperson. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to find. And some people, if you tell them the science behind why, you know, getting grounded in the present moment right here and right now in this time and space as well. And then in the next moment, in the next moment. And so that getting them to buy into it so they'll actually do the practices. Mm, mm. And when people are super stressed, you know, and, and it's big or feeling and untethered in a big way, sometimes we need to do the bigger practices that involve the whole body. Mm. So when I'm not too stressed, I can sit here and I can meditate. But if I'm, if I'm busy or stressed, or, you know, um, somebody's hurt my feelings, I might need to go out for a run to get into the present moment. So we want a big toolbox that, that matches, you know, this energy um, of, of how untethered or sad or grieved we are. Um, and we want to listen. And it could be, too, that in, in our grieving process of what we had to let go of, where there's a sense of tiredness mm. and then we need to listen to that. And, but that is such a tricky one because depression and low energy is the hardest energy to get out of because mm. of desire. And I think that's where we need to make sure we're in community. Mm. We have, you know, like the dark night of the soul. We have other people praying for us, you know, other people calling us and, and saying, how are you? is that, you know, when we get into these places of grief or deep sadness or even depression, we tend to pull away, pull away, pull away. And that's, I think, the hardest thing. Even, you know, psychologists will say the hardest thing to help people with is depression. And depression is low energy. And so grief can fit into that also and deep sadness, whether they're not full-blown depression, you know, whether they're just because it's the right response to what's happening. And so the customs and rituals that we have of gathering people, you know, of even in the time where people had to wear black for a year, because it would signal to everyone, this person needs a little extra help. Mm. You know, we weren't told we had to move on so quickly because mm. the community said, you need this time, we'll give you this time. Mm. You know, and that probably had its faults too. So um, I'm not saying it was perfect, but... Just that do, do we have in our communities ways to be sad, to be grieved, to be untethered, and our, our loved ones notice that? I love that you're talking about community because uh, community, I think, is something that we don't spend a lot of energy on in our current uh, culture, right? Particularly in the COVID culture, right? right so we've right. just gone through this period where there's not a lot of physicality to our community that used to maybe be very physical. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, when Tim passed, uh, there were people who just showed up. They just showed up 
They just, I didn't ask. They didn't, they didn't ask. They just showed up. And I was really, really grateful for that. Um, and in fact, even people in my physical surroundings, right, neighbors would come by and they would bring a little something or they would come and say, what can I do? And is there a way for me to help? Or they just come and hang out for a few minutes, you know, and, um, and though, so for me, I was really fortunate that that was not the beginning of COVID, right? Because in the beginning of COVID, nobody was coming out of their houses. Um, so creating and fostering that community beforehand, I think is really an important piece. But if you haven't done that, to even pick up the phone to one person that you know will make a substantial difference, especially I found that there, I didn't have to say much to people for them to know, oh, she needs more than just this moment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll call so-and-so uh, and tell them to come by or maybe I'll, right? And so people will stick up for you, you know? They'll reach out for you, but you have to make that first, uh, that first step yeah. of yeah. creating that community. Yeah, I, I love that you're also talking about um, the sort of downward energy of loss, because yeah. there is a lot of I'd rather just get in bed and put the covers over my head and pretend this never happened. So uh, when we're in that space, is there anything that we can do? I found that many of the people that I've worked with can't they can't go to a meditation state from there. As you said, big problems, big, big solutions. Um, so is there something small when you don't have that energy yet that you can start to do to get you from, I'd rather not get, pull the covers over off, off of my head yet to, okay, maybe I can go for a walk. Yes. I mean, walk in nature, you know, is is probably like one of the most therapeutic things or just noticing nature in general. Like, you know, our, our plant-based diet is nature. Our plants in our house are nature. Our pets are nature, you know, is, is really just, you know, to get a little more of that nature in and, and just realizing that, um, this, this low energy of, of grief and depression, just recognizing that one, you're not alone. And, and that's the hardest thing to tell people because grief and sadness and low energy feel lonely. Mm. And that no one can relate to how you're feeling when we really know the truth is a whole bunch of people mm know or will know what you're feeling it's it's amazing to me how many people i meet randomly who if the topic of loss comes up will pull out their phone and show me a picture of someone that they've lost recently i mean yeah. it really is a universal feeling and not everybody's been through it but many 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 people who are standing next to you have been mm -hmm. that's yes. that i think that's really great point yeah. Mm. And that's why it's so, like I said before, challenging to heal, you know, especially if we, if we don't have a blueprint, like maybe some of the older cultures had for, you know, how to deal with 
death, dying, and grieving. Mm. Yeah, I recently have started to take a, a, a real interest in how other cultures deal with this topic, and it varies drastically. I know that our listeners will get uh, to hear a lot more about that as the episodes of the podcast go on because that'll be a focus um but uh but you're right that in our culture in the u.s today um people this isn't there's not a lot of unless you're in a religion there's not a lot of structure around it so you kind of have to figure out your own structure um i know that when uh, when my husband died we didn't have um we didn't, we weren't part of a religion and, uh, I didn't have the funeral home, home do things. I had been to, to, you know, events at a funeral home and I was like, nah, that doesn't feel right. But planning an event in that moment of your life is super hard. <laughs> it's yeah. really, really hard. So, um, so being, even just being willing to say, oh, okay, I will try to participate. And thank goodness I had good community, right? I had yeah. siblings who showed up for me. My mom showed up for me, neighbors, everybody, you know, kind of showed up and said like, don't forget, you're going to have to have some catering there. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah good idea. You know, because <laughs> oh, you're not all there. You're not all there. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this disrupting i i liked that in your introduction and the idea of disrupting the depression or anxiety that you have can you tell us a little bit about how that would come about what is that how do we do that again i'm going to go back to these practices practices mm -hmm. practices and you know more and more like even you know for me i i have programs that bring these practices into schools so that children are learning practices and they're the practices of self-care so which is is not easy in our culture and and so we disrupt a brain that's spiraling downward with things that lift our dopamine levels even if we're sad we need to know things that you know that it's a little sciencey what lifts our dopamine level it's going to be exercise. It's going to be the food we put in it because a plant-based diet. So foods like sugar, processed foods, um, are you know are downers. Bad or you know overly processed oils are downers to our system in general. So we want to like stay away from those things. And the way we eat and having good digestion is helps the dopamine and serotonin, which is produced in our gut. Serotonin is a happy hormone. So is dopamine. I should have said that earlier. And like you can get serotonin from chocolate, right? And and you there's different um, supplements you can take to help with serotonin boosting. As you can get pharmaceuticals. Wait, I can just eat chocolate? <laughs> just yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you can get also pharmaceuticals that are you know help with serot um, serotonin uptake. But I'd much rather you know, people need those, they should take them, but to try in a more natural way first, because pharmaceuticals tend to always have side effects. Mm -hmm. So um, if you can, you know, find a, a more natural way. So um, also people that meditate can, um, it is shown to increase the gray matter in brain where depression, people that are depressed have less gray matter, so less functioning power. 
mm. um, in our executive function. Mm. So our ability to meditate, of course, you can't go there. You cannot go there. Um, so um, we have to go for the more gentle mindfulness practices than meditating, which could be arts, crafts. They pull our brain into a similar place. Um, even sports, um, even dancing, where we just get in the present moment as we're using our body. So if somebody came to me and they were they were grieving, they were depressed, um, they were super sad, I'd have them do movement probably with, you know, a music that they find enjoyable, um, that lifts music, right? Lifts your spirit. So we would, we would, these are pra ways of lifting energy. Yoga is like all about energy. It's like, it, um, like if you take a yoga class or a breathing class or, and there's a lot of other energy modalities that you can get into, but you feel your energy shift by the end. And that's mm -hmm. what we want to do is understand these things that shift our energy. Be they work because they create more dopamine, the happy hormones like serotonin. Um, and so another, um, you know, it's very simply like lifestyle things, watching funny movies, like I usually try before I go to bed because I have a history of depression, though it hasn't really bothered me that much in the last 10 years, but it was a big problem for me previous to that. And, um, th you know, what make sure I watch something funny before I go to bed, you know, just so yeah. to get that little boost, you know, it's very, very simple, um, thing to do, but it really helps. And, and so if we had these skills as part of, our self-care, then we could pull them out, you know, when times are tough. And what I see often is that people will say, oh, I go to my comfort, which is my comfort foods, my comfort this, my comfort that. And even they only comfort for such a short time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if we could do these other things, we would probably feel more comforted in, in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. Mm. So yeah, I feel I sad when I feel people, sorry, I'm sorry, but I feel no. sad when people, people don't know this information. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about creating that lifestyle and, um, and that when you are, when the chips are down and you've got to now use, uh, you know, the things that you've learned, uh, people do reach for mac and cheese, you know, and mac and cheese is great for an hour because it just blisses you out and then you go to sleep and then you wake up and you're in the world again. And there's only so much mac and cheese you can eat, <laughs> you know. So um, so I love that you bring that up because I do think that people like to reach for something super simple in that moment. And the things that we're talking about, they're in a way, they're the tri triage, right? But uh, if you don't move forward, whether it's after that loss or before the loss and say, okay, I needed to dance my way into a good space yeah. in myself, but now I know how to access quiet in my mind. And yes. I will also practice that if we don't ever go there, then when something does happen, we really don't have any foundation. There's no, you know, there's no real foundation to it. If all we do is go for a run every time we get anxious, fine, it's good. You solved it for the moment. 
but there's another step and another step that we need to take. And I think that's really when we should get involved with people like you, where we can mm -hmm. get into a program and we can go mm -hmm. to a class and we can learn what is the next step and the next step and the next step so that our spiritual health is taken care of in a big picture. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you find, how do you find that people move from one phase to the next phase with the work? Yes. You know, um, unfortunately, many people um, have such high pain tolerances, and I'm not just talking physical pain, but emotional pain, that they have to be in extreme pain to make that gesture. Mm. Unfortunately, sometimes, especially with people in the second half of life, which is kind of, you know, a lot of my client base right now, is that they've just let things go for so long. But at any age, you can you can make that shift at any age. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically what I want people to um, to reach out when it isn't so painful. And mm -hmm. part of that in, in the work I do with my nonprofit is try to get these in, this information to people sooner so that they have it as they're growing up. And I want... Um, you know, how, how do people make that change is usually they get so uncomfortable, you know, whatever their comfort tolerance is. And then they'll, they'll, they'll um, decide to learn new skills. And we all have to like ask for help sometime and learn new skills from someone who has studied, you know, is bringing, can bring you the a condensed version of what usually probably like you, they've been working on for years and years yeah. I can bring that condensed version to someone is and wrap it up for them and say, here, you know, here's, here's, um, and how, here's the skills I have to teach you. And, and when I, when people are working f with me, I'm always empowering them. I'm not saying, I'm saying, here's the skills I have to teach, which ones, and this goes back to our first, one of our first discussions is following intuition. Which mm. one do you think would help you? Which one resonates for you now? Mm. You know, and, and, and trying to, you know, empower people, which is another way to get them back into their body. Not that, you know, yes, I am an expert, but I know that the skills I teach are as good as you'll buy into them. And so I want you to use your intuition and tell me, what is the best next step, next step for you? What is the next step? And that yeah. all these increments of skills or increments of healing add up and all of a sudden they become your healthy lifestyle or your healing. Small little increments of are what's usually the path is. And I, I'm curious about this for you, you know, in your healing journey, which I imagine you're still in because it's been quite soon um, for you. Um, is it increments or was it one blast of, okay, now I'm done. Right. So, uh, I, so this is a good question. I feel like it's a both in that it's, uh, there are, there are plateaus, right? There are like, mm -hmm. okay, this is where I am. And now I have to walk through whatever life 
throws at you, right? Because life doesn't stop just because you feel like, I wish it would just give me a break for a few minutes, right? So, you know, I, I, my house sold and I had to pack it up and do those things. So you do what you can do there. And that brings a little more knowing of yourself. And then you do the meditation during that time period, even if you're terrible at it, you know, and that for me, that was something that was really important is that I am a meditator. I like to meditate. I like to take time to be quiet in myself. I like to do multiple different types of meditation. And, um, and when I, when this happened, I couldn't keep my mind still for anything. Right. But I didn't get up. I still stayed there. And I just said, this is my time to do this. And I can sit here and I can every moment try to bring myself back into this moment. And if I do it successfully for two seconds over the course of an hour, then I'm willing to spend that time doing it. And so so there is sort of a, you, you got to put some energy into it, right? You got to say, I am willing to do, to sign up for the Gan yoga, or I'm willing to sign up for this other thing, right? And, and do the work. Um, yes. So that's one thing. That's the incremental part for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I just kind of kept doing that. And there's a little bit of like making yourself do it or getting yourself to want to do it. Right. Yes. Um, but then come the breakthroughs. And I think that that's the part where you feel that like, oh, okay, now I'm in a new place. Now I'm ready for the idea of reinvention. Now I can imagine that I could invent somebody that I'd like to be. And, you know, now I have the space in my head to imagine that the person I, I invent myself to be from here could mm -hmm. be anyone. Right. I could pick all of the things that I have wanted in my life, um, the, the places where I've asked for peace in the past, the places mm -hmm. where I've asked for joy from the universe in the past. And maybe I didn't get it in those times, but I can put that all together now in this kind of trusting way that it will show up for me and do, and keep showing up that way every day and suddenly you're in a new place suddenly you're in a new place suddenly you're in a new place right um yeah, and, and life asks things of you right so my <laughs> i moved out uh i closed on my house on august 31st and my niece got married uh, the next weekend in another state you know mm -hmm. and i had to get on a plane and so, you know, you, those times when you go like, oh, I could just use a break right now, please. Right. Uh, sometimes life doesn't give you that break. But no. if I had not, if I had not gotten out of bed and gotten on that plane, I would not have met at least five people at that wedding I met who I adore. They bring oh. real joy to my life. And yes. so who we're in contact with, you know. And so if you don't kind of keep going um, even poorly, right? You don't have to show up well. You just have to show up. That <laughs> you, <know>? is, uh, <laughs> you, you don't have to show up perfect. Correct. Yeah. 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 So that's been my experience with it. And I think um, the more I think about that, the more I think that that doesn't ever end. <laughs> I think that no matter how far along in life you are, if you're growing, yeah, then you're doing things imperfectly. Right. You know, and uh, and really, I think the only way for you to experience true joy is through 
growth. If you if you're willing to feel pain and to allow yourself to have all of that and take it all in fully, then you you get the other side of that, right? That rocket flies and you get to go with it. That's um, right. So I'm a fan of reinvention, I have to yes. say, uh, every day. Exactly. Do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the things, because a lot of clients I work with are in my age group, you know, older and um, they're empty nesting or they're feeling changes in their body. And um, and there's a, a grieving and we can feel even that in the air, you know, just like the, the whole country grieves us getting older. Um, you know, and they, they give want to give us anti-aging cream so we don't look older, you know, especially as women. <laughs> and so this process that we're talking about even though you're dealing with it with, you know, an, an actual death of, of your, you know, your partner um, is this, this same work. And like what you just talked about, the, the, just do it, show up, show up and do these things is something that I work with, um, you know, people in the second half of their life. It's the same exact process, often, you know, grieving, a, you know, body we had when we were younger or the, the family life. And, you know, there's something different about this second half, but I loved everything you had to say. There is just everything I want for people in the second half of life. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. I, and love I'm hard that. That. I love that. <laughs> I love that. We, I have to say, I have fallen prey to those thoughts of my own as well. You know, that first time you see a wrinkle, you're like, Whoa, we got to get rid of that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then you realize like, there's yeah. only so much covering up you can do. <laughs> and, and as my father used to say, it's a one way ticket. You know, it's a one way ticket. So you come in, you're little, you're baby, people help you out, you go through your life, and there's different phases. And there's only one way out, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, it's not gonna be uh, just I get to stay forever. I'm 28,000 years old, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, so that face both those things at once, be that, that both things are happening that we are heading in that direction, but we shouldn't head in that direction for 30 years. That's right. Know? That's right. But right? we can live fully in one moment. We exactly. only need one moment exactly. to live fully. So we might as well take this moment. You know, yeah. when, when uh, just after my husband passed, I, I was moving out of my house and, uh, I often would wear this t-shirt. I had people helping me pack up the house and everything. And they'd come every day. And they were like from Craigslist, right? They weren't like people that I knew or anything. And I would wear this t-shirt that said, best day ever. And their faces were like, yeah. what do we do with this? Like yeah. the widow is wearing a best day ever shirt. What are we going to do? You know? Yeah. And I thought, okay, I need to explain to them. And so over and over, I would say to them, this is the moment we have. This is yes. it. This is your best moment. Because all the rest of them are already spent or haven't happened yet. So right. this is the one time that we are coursing life through this body. So make it good or make it not good, but you're doing it. Boy, I just think about, you know, how you walked into this very challenging situation um, for 
anyone, but for, you know, a young woman and, and, um, and you had that perspective already, you know, how Mm. different is is that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so fortunate that I've spent my life studying this, right? I am, I am so fortunate. Um, and truthfully, when I think back and I think, why did I actually go in these directions? I've had multiple careers. I've gotten to do amazing things in this world that have nothing to do with what I'm doing right now, right? In 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 the real world sort of sense. But um, but it all comes back to I I grew up uh, on <laughs> loosely termed a farm. It was a lot of <laughs> land, and we didn't know anything. <laughs> No, I see. <laughs> um, but we had horses and I can remember um, that for me, my happy place was just going and hanging out with the horses. Mm-hmm. And so I would just go to the stall and just be with the horse. And that was I, I understood emotional communication yes. as we all do. Right. Because you come out knowing all of these things. It's just that life kind of untrains us. And, right. and helps us to forget that we're actually connected to something much bigger. And then, uh, you know, if you can remember that, you know, I went down a few roads that were not good. And then uh-huh. some people said, hey, you're in trouble, kid, you know, and, and I had to had to adjust. And I think yeah. that's how life is, right? It kicks you around a little. And then you yes. have to make the choices. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. This is such a great conversation. Uh, I am really grateful to you in the work that you do, both with people in the second half of life and also with the schools, right? Because I think that that's the other key is if we learn it when we're young, if somebody says to us, hey, hanging out with the horses might be a good idea, you know, then you got a way to, to process emotions when you do get older, even if you choose to ignore that for a while as mm-hmm. I did um, <laughs> and, and then you, yeah, you got some place to come back to so thank you so much for the work wow. you do in the world and, and thank uh, you for coming here for yeah my me. pleasure my pleasure um, so I want everybody to remember to please go to Nancy's website which we have linked on the platform that you're listening or watching on and to check out everything she's up to and stay in touch obviously if anything that we talked about today has touched you in any way please comment send emails be in conversation with us because that's the point right is that we are all connected and can be here for one another thank you